Hi, this is Bill Crockett, and welcome to Jump Right In, the Bible study ministry of the Fellowship of Young Christian Professionals. This ministry is designed to help us jump right into the Bible and learn what God says about how to live as followers of Jesus Christ. We're glad you've chosen to listen today, so let's jump right in. Thanks for joining us today. We are starting a brand new series entitled, How to Be an Effective and Productive Christian. Can you define an effective and productive Christian? What does that kind of life even look like? For example, is effectiveness measured by how many notches we have in our so-called gospel gun belt, which shows how many people we've witnessed to this week or the number of people we personally led to Christ? Is productivity in the Christian life measured by how large our ministry is or how popular we are on social media? Is it determined by how we dress or what kind of music we listen to? Is our health or our bank account taken into consideration? Unfortunately, in the opinion of some, all of these things at some point have been considered important in defining effective and productive Christians. However, when it comes to defining effective and productive Christianity, Only God's opinion really matters. So what does God say about effective and productive Christianity? In this study, we're going to endeavor to take an honest and clear look at a portion of Scripture in 2 Peter chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 1 through 15 and see if we can't understand God's viewpoint on what effective and productive Christianity is really all about. Today, I want us to start with an introduction. In our introduction, we're going to lay some groundwork that will help us to flow through this particular study. And there are some certain basics that we need to understand about this passage of Scripture before we ever get into our, the details of the study. So, let's begin today, first of all, by talking about some of God's criteria. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, Samuel has been sent by God to anoint a new king over Israel. After looking over the sons of Jesse and evaluating them by what a normal man would look at, for example, their outward appearance, their age, and what Samuel perceived to be abilities and the qualities to be able to do the job as king, Samuel is then told by God he's looking at the wrong criteria. God says in 1 Samuel 16 and verse 7, he makes this statement to Samuel. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. As we begin to study this passage of Scripture and determine what God thinks and says about what an effective and productive Christian really is, the first thing we really need to understand is that God, when he looks to see if we're effective and productive, he doesn't look at what we look at. We normally look, like we mentioned a few minutes ago, at outward things. The Bible says God looks at our heart. When we begin to understand what God looks at and what God considers vital and important to effective and productive Christianity, And all of a sudden, it ought to start changing what we actually focus on in our Christian life. So hopefully as we go through this study, we'll begin to see in detail the things that God looks at and begin to focus on that 
to become effective and productive as a believer rather than some of these other things that we have conjured up on our own. Now that we looked at some criteria, the, uh, the, the foundation of what God looks at, number two, let's define these two words, effective and productive. In 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 8, the Bible uses two terms, the term ineffective and unproductive. At least those are the English terms used in the New International Version. But what do these words and these terms really mean? First of all, the term ineffective. This is the Greek word argos. It literally means lazy, idle, useless, or unprofitable. So if we, if we understand that that's what the word ineffective means uh, biblically, then it, it seems to reason that an effective Christian simply means to be one who is active, working, useful, and profitable for God. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, Timothy writes to us, and he gives us, or, or Paul writes to Timothy, and he gives Timothy some interesting instruction. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 21, Paul says this to Timothy, If a man cleanses himself from the latter, he will be an instrument for noble purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Useful to the master. That's what an effective Christian is. It's a believer whose life is in such a condition that they are useful for God to do what he has to do through their life. The second word is the word unproductive. The Greek word used here is the Greek word akarpus, and it means to be unfruitful or a waste. So to be a productive Christian simply means to be fruitful. It means not to waste our life, but to invest our life in the things that God says are important and eternal. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21, Jesus said this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In that passage of Scripture, Jesus is simply saying, the things that matter for eternity, those are the things that are really important. Those are the things that cause us to be fruitful and not waste our life on earthly and material things. So when we talk about being an effective and a productive Christian, it simply means that we are useful for God and that we are focusing and bearing fruit based upon the things that God says are important. Now, all of this is summed up in one basic fact. That is that when God created us, he created us for his purpose. That's why we're here. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. The Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God beforehand determined that we should do. 
In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13, Paul says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure or purpose. So to be an effective and a productive Christian just simply means we're useful and we're fruitful for God's purpose in our lives on this earth. Now, as we close out this introductory lesson, I want to mention four things about the passage in 2 Peter chapter 1. First of all, the writer. The writer is Peter. And evidently, Peter is writing this not long before he was going to give his life as a martyr um, for Jesus Christ. In chapter 1 of 2 Peter and verse number 14, Peter says this, Because I know that I will soon put it aside, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. He's talking about putting aside his earthly body. And he he seems to indicate that it's not going to be long before his life is going to be taken on this earth. A second thing I want you to know about Peter and and his writings in 2 Peter, and that is, according to chapter 1 and verse 1, he's writing to believers. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. It's important for us to understand that Peter is writing to believers. So the writer is Peter. He's writing this letter to believers. Number two, the purpose. He has a twofold purpose in writing the letter of 2 Peter, and it's found in chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. Verse 17 says, Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position. His first purpose in writing this letter was to warn them and prepare them about false teachers who would come in and teach things that were not true to the Bible and not true to Jesus Christ and trick and draw some of them away. The second reason he wrote the letter is found in verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. The second reason he wrote it was so that as believers, they would know how to grow in their faith. And that's what we're going to spend most of our time talking about. To be effective and productive, you're going to find we have to constantly be growing in our faith. So the writer is Peter. He's writing to believers. His purpose is to warn them against false teachers and to teach them how to grow in their faith. But then there is a foundation and a basic assumption that Peter makes when he writes this letter. The entire instruction of the book of 2 Peter is based upon the foundation and assumption that the people that Peter is writing to have already believed in Jesus Christ as their Savior, and thus they already have faith. Everything else he's going to teach is based on this, that they already have faith. Because you're going to see in just a minute, or, or actually in, in the days ahead, that he is talking about adding to their faith. We become effective and productive when we're growing, which is when we are adding to our faith. And so if you can't grow, you can't be effective and productive as a believer until you actually become a believer. So as we go through this study, please understand that this is written to believers. So the foundation and the assumption that's made is that they already have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. 
Now, the fourth thing I want to show you about this passage of Scripture, and especially the book of 2 Peter, is the goal of the book and how to reach it. In both 1 Peter and 2 Peter, the book began, both books begin with the same greeting. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. The goal of Peter writing these two books, and the book of 2 Peter, which we're going to take a look at, remember his two purposes were to warn them against false teachers and to teach them how to grow in their faith. But the goal, if they learn how to resist false teachers and they grow in their faith, the goal is grace and peace will become a part of their life in abundance. The way to have grace and peace in abundance is identified in the greeting of 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. You see, for the rest of our study, for the next four lessons, we are going to focus the rest of our time on this topic of the knowledge of God. Peter says the way that you're going to recognize and overcome false teachers is when you have a knowledge of God, when you know him. The way you're going to grow in your faith is through your knowledge of God as it increases. The way you're going to have grace in your life, the way to have peace in your life, is through a growing knowledge of God and of his son, Jesus Christ. So next time, we're going to spend our lesson studying the knowledge of God. What exactly is it? Why is it important? And what does it look like in our everyday lives? And then we'll close our next session with four important facts about the knowledge of God. And these four important facts will actually become the outline for the rest of our study. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this has been helpful, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for spending time with us today. I hope this study of God's Word has met a need in your life. I want to encourage you to take some time each day to jump right into God's Word and continue to grow in your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We'll see you next time. For more information, visit our website at fycp.org.